This is the Hunt for Wellness podcast with Wes Berry, 42 Agony. It's another great day for wellness, and this is Bones bringing the packs of F3 Nation the latest strategies and tips to accelerate their king and optimize their queen. Health is a journey and requires you to take a proactive approach on a daily basis. Knowing exactly what to do and how to do it will help you achieve it faster. Each week, we are going to be interviewing the leading health and wellness experts, sharing inspiring stories from the packs, and diving into the latest research to help you optimize your health. So get ready as we embark on your hunt for wellness. Well, what's up, F3 Nation? It's another great day for wellness, and we have a fantastic episode for you today. I had the privilege of speaking with Wes Berry, or Agony, who laid down some truth nuggets about one of the most important, yet often forgotten aspects of health, the spiritual component. As an ultra runner and pastor, Agony knows what it takes to improve both his physical and spiritual health. And in today's episode, he shares the four G's of holistic health and why it is important to acknowledge and accelerate in all of them. The different masks that men put on and how to tell which one you are wearing and the mindset shift he made around his fitness after the age of 40. And as always, if you like this episode, be sure to share it with your friends, family, and other packs in your region. Now for today's episode. Welcome back to another edition of the Hunt for Wellness podcast. Uh, this is Dr. Tunisund, otherwise known as Bones in the Gloom. And I am super excited about our guest today and the story he's going to share. I have none other than Agony or Wes Barry with me. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. Looking forward to this. I appreciate the time. Well, absolutely. Well, Wes, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your F3 journey, uh, where you learned about F3, where you post, and and why the name Agony. Sure. Uh, I'll, I'll try to keep it short, but uh, kind of my EH story was I got a phone call one day from a church member of mine, Double Knot, showed up into my office uh, out of the blue, and, and he sat down, and we sat and talked for an hour. Quite honestly, I wasn't quite sure why he was in my office. As a pastor, I was trying to figure out uh, what was going on in his marriage, his job, his family, kind of why he was sitting there. And then at the end of the hour, he looked at me and said, oh, by the way, we're launching up this thing called F3, Fitness, Fellowship, and Faith. You should come check it out. Uh, and here in the three Fs, it just uh, grabbed my heart right away because those kind of fused my core uh, being together well. And so I showed up uh, to... Uh, a Wednesday morning workout was out there with these men and just realized even as a pastor, um, I'd been so hungry for uh, kind of these three F's and the fellowship and especially the faith side to it. Um, and so very quickly jumped on board. Uh, that was probably 10, 11 years ago now, uh, I guess, um, coming on that. And uh, sitting there at the COT, they're kind of going around trying to figure out a name working with a pastor, trying to make sure that it was uh, pastorally appropriate. Uh, when they discovered that at the point I had, I think either two or three year old triplet boys, 
along with an older girl. And so uh, the guys hearing that statistic kind of immediately nicknamed me Agony. Um, and so it has stuck. And uh, as these boys are now teenagers or preteens, um, it's resonating even more and more each day. So. Wow. So triplet boys, and you already had a daughter prior to that. Have a daughter. So right now uh, it is a freshman girl in high school and then three uh, sixth grade boys. So Goodness. it is uh, pure chaos, pure agony <laughs> uh, in the home front right now. I can understand that. Now you mentioned uh, being you know, visited by that person 10, 11 years ago. So that's right at the beginning of F3 in and of itself. Now, had they already launched F3 and you were joining it or was it pre-F3? No, uh, it was, that's what I, my stats are kind of probably off a little bit. I think they were good, uh, probably good eight, nine months into F3 at that point had, had already launched, but it was within that kind of beginning year of F3 getting started. Um, I got so. you. Yeah. So, so you're, you're kind of one of the redwoods uh, out from the very beginning, as far as a year goes. I mean, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not part of the workout. original, not yeah. part of the original group that I, I definitely was a second generation adapter in, into this thing. Uh, once I saw on the ground, how well uh, this movement has gotten going and, and just have really, again, it, it harnesses kind of everything um, I, I think are essential for us. Sure. So you mentioned obviously early on F3, uh, uh, as far as where you post, you're mainly in the Charlotte region then? Yeah, I hit, I try to keep up with Metro. Um, I have probably not been to a boot camp in about two years as I have given <laughs> up on burpees. Uh, and so I would much rather be out running around chasing people than uh, trying to do a Merkin or some other thing. I got you. So mainly the running stuff uh, versus, yeah. so burpees aren't biblical is what you're saying. I, I, <laughs> I'm still searching for that. The flying squirrel that I see out there uh, makes me wonder what, how far we're going to deviate. But yeah, it's a. Uh, so. I got it. Well, um, you mentioned being a pastor. So give us a little kind of context about what you do, some of your history as far as uh, why, what you brought into you. Uh, what brought you into the fold of being a pastor and some of that backstory? Sure. Um, so uh, probably rolls all the way back to when I was at Davidson College. I went up there, uh, was on the practice squad for the football team um, and had my head bashed in and off my freshman year um, that I had a friend come up to me and say, you know, you should probably check out this thing called Young Life. It's a campus ministry to high school students. Um, and so God kind of began moving my heart into ministry at that point. Um, and so I got involved in a church plant in Charlotte as well. And so Young Life's attitude was um, to go where the students were and was always kind of pursuing them on their territory and their grounds. And so that really set my heart for ministry. Uh, graduate college, I go off and work for a 200-year-old church in Charlotte, go off into seminary and come back never imagining God would kind of bring me back to Charlotte. Um, and so also came back uh, to serve another 200 year old church. And so I've always just loved that blend of uh, church plants and 200 year old churches, kind of innovation and tradition and kind of bringing those two together. And F3 was a huge catalyst as I was serving at that 200 year old church and double knots EH in me. Um, Honestly, F3 kind of brought back the old young life skill of being out in the parking lot with guys 
was where God was like, this, see, this is where my people are. This is where people who are hungry for uh, just the gospel and for um, the good news. Uh, and so F3 kind of helped catalyze me to leave a 200-year-old church to start a church from scratch. Uh, I guess we're uh, over seven, eight years ago now uh, called Waypoint Community Church. So I've been uh, helped found that church and have been serving there uh, since its kind of beginning. Um, and we're kind of right in the heart of uh, South Charlotte is kind of our mission target area. I got you. Now, do you serve as a senior pastor there? Are you one on staff? How does that work? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the uh, senior pastor. We do have an uh, associate pastor now on board, um, kind of have a much more team minded that I kind of bristle at the term of senior. Plus, I still think I'm sure. younger than I am, but um, <laughs> kind of the founding pastor of the community. I gotcha. Well, Pax, um, you may recognize Agony or uh, his voice, at least, um, if you attended the 10-year uh, anniversary of F3. Uh, Agony was the pastor that was able to speak on Sunday morning for that service that we all had, uh, which, by the way, uh, was a fantastic service. I, I love the way that you integrated the storyline with F3 and, and, and some of the points that you made there. So uh, um, if, if you had a chance to attend that, 10 year, then you've probably heard Agony speak before. Um, but I wanted to bring him on today just to really kind of dive into some different areas of health and wellness, but maybe from a, a different perspective, not necessarily exactly what he eats or, or how he exercises. Although um, I've quickly found out that uh, my man likes to run and he runs <laughs> long distances. Uh, we were kind of talking offline before we started the, um, the podcast. He and his wife celebrated their 19th wedding anniversary this past fall uh, by running down and back uh, the, the Grand Canyon. Uh, do you want to just kind of share a little bit about that? And uh, how's the marriage going after that? Trip? Yeah. yeah, no, it was a, uh, it honestly was a, a great experience a challenging experience for us that way that um just had a bug in us to go and try that um and so we headed out off of south rim uh in the dark and kind of crossed all the way over to the north rim she talked some sense into me i had a vision of doubling back in one day but she said we should hang out and enjoy the north side which was a beautiful kind of time um and so it was a good good kind of experience uh, for both of us of um, just spending the time together and seeing God's good creation. Um, I definitely now have learned the different layers of the rocks in the Grand Canyon, and there's a whole bunch of red rock uh, part of it that I have come to hate um, as you're just trudging up uh, that thing. So, but it was, it was a beautiful kind of uh, experience that way. So what, if you know off the top of your hand, what is the ascent uh, from the bottom of the canyon up to the top? Uh, somebody's going to uh, fact check us on this. Sure. And so I think it's about 5,000 to 6,000 feet of elevation wow. gain. Um, and the tricky part is you're uh, going down that on the front end. And so like for my wife, uh, her knee started to go bad uh, the first day. So the second day coming back down, and the just amount of wear and tear it puts onto your knee uh, just really kind of tore her up. But um, it was impressive to see her kind of persevere and push through uh, wow. on that. So Now, were you guys part of a group or an event, or you guys just kind of did this, the two of you? 
So I had heard some other F3 guys had headed out there. So they set the bug in and me on it. And uh, it was just the two of us hitting our 19th anniversary uh, kind of trip away. We looked at it. We said we could either go to the islands and sit on a beach, uh, drink Mai Tais, or we could go uh, beat ourselves up. And, and oh, that man. about shows where our marriage is. So uh, <laughs> we're out there. What I do love is um, we were probably 20 miles in coming out of the canyon over on the north rim side and i'm hiking out with my f3 shirt and all of a sudden this young man stops me on the trail and uh acknowledges that he is uh out of f3 columbia uh, his name is strudel and my wife just looks at me of like of course we're the only two people in the entire grand canyon right now and you happen to bump into another f3 guy uh that yeah. the nation is strong and uh we're all over the place uh well, but strudel Strudel's encounter was a little kind of pep talk and encouragement to kind of help get me out of the canyon for the rest of the day. Wow. Now, was he doing this similar trek or was he just doing that down there doing something different? That's a good question. I never followed up. I hope he's not okay. still down in the canyon. Uh, <laughs> well, Strudel, if you're he listening was head, to this, he was hopefully down. Uh, yeah. you're out. <laughs> so that's, thank that's you, brother. A, I appreciate yeah. your encouragement, but I apologize. I never checked in on you that that's funny well and that just that 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 is funny to your point uh how you know crazy people encounter other crazy people and the fact that it's just another f3 guy out there doing some crazy things uh is fun yeah i'm uh, you know i mentioned to you and i've mentioned on the podcast before you know i've i've dabbled with a little bit of running in the past and this past year was my first experience with the blue ridge relay and of course they have some hills and some different things and i think the most i ran from an ascent standpoint was about 11 1200 feet so i couldn't imagine 5,000. um and and i'm assuming that's twice right i mean you got to go down and up the other side in the back yeah exactly yeah it is it's uh it gets i believe 11,000 for the rim to rim to rim wow. is the full elevation change uh and it's a persistent uh kind of part of it uh, got it <laughs> unrelenting wow um, well you definitely have proven uh your ability to get out there and and, and show some grit and and push yourself and kudos to your your m for yeah, uh, yeah, allowing yeah. you to do that and then more importantly supporting you through the whole process so i i, I think my wife's already warned me that uh, she's never going to do something like that uh, she'll, <laughs> she'll, she'll, she'll do a, a day hike a few miles, but forget the uh, rim to rim Grand Canyon excursion. So, so yeah, good for it, you guys. Well, um, we want to kind of dive into some of the the, the message I think that um, will resonate with a lot of the packs today. And and uh, in preparation of this, you had kind of mentioned to me that you have what we call the four G's of holistic health: uh, one being God, one being girl, one being grind. And the other one being gut. So I'm going to kind of just uh, turn it over to you and, and, and whatever one you want to start with, go with. And uh, let's just kind of dive in and listen to, to what that has to, you know, how that relates to us and, and what we can use with it. Yeah, no, happy to kind of share this. This really grows out of a group of um, six seminary friends who are now kind of pastors and leaders throughout the country. Uh, back when we were in seminary, we would get together on Thursday mornings uh, to just support, pray for each other. And uh, we we devised this kind of four Gs as our mechanism to just check in on how each one of us was doing. And so that mindset of uh, kind of holism and just wellness being this holistic view of that fuses all four of these things. 
um, to me has kind of become really, really important. And so very practically uh, with those guys, we would just go around and start sharing kind of where where our strong areas were, where our weak areas were. And so again, the being God, grind, girl, and guts, um, grind being your profession, your job, girl being we were initially all married. And so it's just our speaking about our spouses, but then we went from having one kid in the group to having 17 kids out of us. Uh, and so quickly girl kind of expanded to all of kind of our relationships uh god was was the spiritual walk how you're doing there and then we added on later the guts component to it and just the mindset of what we're consuming what we're putting in our bodies not just physical food but also mental um what we're reading what we're kind of engaging and, and how much that kind of fuses to us and so uh using that really as an assessment tool and i've used it in different arenas uh to just kind of see again where where are the strong areas? And if you're sitting with a group of guys, um, often we'll jump into the grind, the profession kind of conversation very quickly. Um, if you're sitting with a bunch of F3 guys, we'll probably default to the guts and the conversation around the queen uh, and, and what we're kind of eating and exercising piece. And so again, seeing it in this fourfold kind of frame uh, just helped me kind of move all these parts into it. And ultimately as a pastor, um, I want to see and have this God conversation as well uh, of what God's stirring in us and kind of that thread that runs through all of those components. Got it. So um, kind of initially started as this assessment uh, tool between you and and a handful of uh, pastors that, that you were intimate with. And, you know, that speaks a lot to kind of what we learned with F3 when we have, you know, like a shield lock or even a whetstone or some of those other relationships that really force us to be accountable and vulnerable with somebody else. Because to your point, uh, for most guys, uh, it's this surface level conversation that we like to kind of default in. It's, you know, how's the weather? How's the sports? We might talk about, well, not might, almost everybody asks about vocation because for whatever reason, we feel like that's our identity uh, when it's not. And and so I like the idea that you kind of had these check boxes. So let's kind of walk through some of those more, you know, deliberately. Um, You mentioned grind being vocational. Obviously, it's one thing to learn what a man is doing. What kind of level of intimacy do you kind of dive in about the vocation? And, and what does that typically look like when we're checking in on that? Yeah, no, definitely. The, I mean, the daily grind component is, again, looking professionally, vocationally, what, what we're just doing task-wise that, that way. I mean, and that was one of the things that drew me first to F3 was, uh, I mean, I look back and I realize, and probably God's good graces, F3 launched while we we're, um, while a lot of guys were hitting their kind of age 40 stride um, right during the recession. And I think a lot of guys were gut punched by the kind of market downturn and made them wonder what they were doing with this. And so I remember some of the early third F studies of just men struggling through the grind component of um a, some guys who had lost their jobs. And I remember one one Bible study we were sitting at, and uh, this one man started sharing about getting uh, dismissed from his job. And you watch the other kind of eight guys lean in 
like him speaking out their greatest fear in that moment of how he's still dra- like dressed and walking and talking that he's um, and how's he finding purpose in that. And so a lot of times the grind conversation does get to that sort of uh, what's driving you, what, what's, um, what's motivating you. Is it healthy as well? Um, for me, uh, I would say I've got kind of an idol of productivity that I'm just driven for more and more and more. And so uh, kind of watching uh, that, that's something to check on the grind side is um, just always that insatiable need for, am I good enough? Am I pursuing um, pushing hard enough? And I think especially with us F3 guys, that's something that makes us unique and driven, but just also we need to be careful sometimes that uh, we can grind ourselves um, too, too hard, too fast. Yeah. And, and, and like we kind of mentioned already, just uh, because the vocation really kind of is the identity that the world kind mm-hmm. of puts on us, we have that pressure a lot of times to do so well in that arena and, and, and to the detriment of some of these other areas of our life. And, and I've certainly seen it and I know you have. What have you found well, to be... Oh, go ahead. No, no, this actually made me think of a story, too, of that sure. early days Bible, third F Bible studies was a young man had come in uh, who was new to F3 um, and sitting around the Bible study. And we did the COT, go around saying our name and our age. And he had just moved to Charlotte. And I watched him. He immediately said, hey, why don't we also go around and say what we do for a living? And it was really, really interesting in the group because I just watched all of us F3ers kind of stop and bristle a little bit because we realized that's not like this is the one safe place where we don't do that and and just kind of help there's a very gentle kind of course correction and again i think that's something unique to f3 is getting out in the dark getting out in the gloom where we can't really see how dressed up a guy is or what his day job kind of is um that we're kind of about connecting beyond our, our grind and so yeah to your point that it's often our leading identity um, that's something I've appreciated about F3 is it's helped, uh, kind of say, yeah, but we're more, we're, we're built for more than that. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you what half the guys in, in a COT yeah. does for a living. Uh, and, and, you know, my question was going to be, and, and you kind of answered it to, to some degree as far as one strategy, but, you know, because that is such an identity for, for most people, I was, I was asking, what have you guys found as tools to help a man who's really kind of, you're, you're finding that that's a default of theirs, you know, where they're just kind of identifying with their vocation or they're not having that in, in, a, in a proper alignment with the rest of their life. What have you guys found to be good uh, strategies or tips or things that you guys have done to, to really kind of course correct somebody? Yeah, uh, I think you got to move, like we all have surface professions jobs sort of thing and i I think you got to move beyond that to the motivator to the driver uh, of why we do that and so helping a guy see uh though your task might change your job title might change that underneath that is is something that just gets you fired up and gets you out the door each day uh and and so uh frederick beekner has a great line of uh, our vocation our calling is where our greatest passions combined with the world's greatest needs. And so 
helping a man kind of move beyond just the job title, the the paycheck aspect to it, but really wrestling with this, is this what I was designed for? Is this my purpose um, motivation side to it? Um, which, which again, I think and have seen it help a guy who isn't getting a paycheck right now, who's maybe lost his job or feels underemployed and those sort of situations that he can still see himself as being productive and purposeful um, without necessarily the kind of paycheck attached to it. Yeah. Well, um, let's, let's move on to another G unless you have something else to talk about with the, with the grind. Um, but let, let's, uh, let's go to gut or guts, I guess, uh, the physical, um, or the food or some of that stuff. Tell us a little bit about how you guys implemented that. Yeah. Bringing that in a little bit was to, again, to see what, what we're consuming was the big, uh, conversation piece. And again, not just food con- consumption, but what else are we putting into our bodies? Um, and, and is it healthy? Is it well? Is it productive? Uh, once again, there's a story I love uh, out of England uh, that made the newspapers once of a teenage girl who had drank so much Sunny D that uh, her body, whatever the orange tint is they put into Sunny D, her body complexion changed and she had that kind of uh, color to her. And it was just when I heard that, I was like, that's a perfect kind of analogy to this sort of thing of whatever we're consuming, uh, we take on so much of it, then our, our bodies are are going to reflect that um, and begin to show that out there. I mean, if I if I have gone to a uh, Jason Bourne, Jack Reacher style movie, it's amazing how as soon as I walk out in the parking lot, I'm absolutely convinced that I'm about to be jumped and attacked by that. And, yeah. and so again, what we expose ourselves to really kind of shapes it. And so it's looking, it's looking at, uh, practically it's looking at food. I mean, how much uh, watching the queen that way. It's watching alcohol intake. Um, it's watching pornography and and the way that it can just distort a a man very drastically, um, to, uh, yeah, movies, music, uh, podcasts, what you're listening to, what you're bringing into your body, um, is going to impact kind of your attitude, your mental health, your emotional health, um, in many ways. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, we are what we eat a lot, you know, and I, I got the image of the uh, little kid in the Willy Wonka factory turning purple, you know, consuming (laughs) all the, all the, the, the food and, uh, and transforming into exactly what he or she, I can't remember. I think it was a, she, she was eating, but uh, in any case uh, you're absolutely right. But I like the fact that you guys are also addressing this, uh, the mental perspective of things, uh, you know, the, what we're putting in our bodies isn't just substance, uh, i.e. food or water. It is what we're reading. It is what we're watching. It is, you know, the conversations that we're having and, um, you know, it, it really manifests in who we are, uh, based on that. And I, to your point, I, I find myself, if I am consuming a certain genre of whatever, or if I'm maybe not consuming the right type of thing, how it does alter your thoughts and, and how you act on a daily basis. So when you were kind of getting these checkups, if you will, when you were sharing, was it a matter of just saying, this is what I'm struggling in and hold me accountable to it? Was it more of a, here's something I, I need 
from you guys to help me? How did that kind of work out? Yeah, I, I mean, the benefit, one of the nice things is having lived life with these guys for so long that uh, we, we kind of know each other and have been invited into some, some spaces to just uh, hear some hard stories and, and challenge one another that way. Uh, and, and quite honestly, it probably all the way starting back was just a group of men who are willing to let their guards down and, and let guys into that sort of space um, to start asking them uh, the, the questions. And certainly uh, with groups of men, um, uh, I think two, two areas quickly to kind of get into on the guts is checking in on the guy with regards to alcohol consumption and pornography. Um, both, both are, I think, used as kind of escapism tools from, from that and, and are seeking to kind of numb some, some pains in that. And so, um, be, being able to kind of ask boldly and then also knowing, being in a trusted group where, um, you, you feel free to share. I love somebody's once described a friend, uh, how do you say, it? he said, a friend is someone you can share your secrets with and trust that they're never going to hurt you with them. Wow. And, and sort of that sort of depth of uh, friendship um, to that, that sort of second half fellowship uh, to it. And so, yeah, the guts, when when we get beyond just the queen uh, food quality of the guts, it, it can start um, getting kind of uh, dark and messy a little bit down in there. But um, that's, what we, that's what us F3 men, as we get into the dark, uh, that's where we thrive. Um, yeah, I mean, it, and that's an area that I don't care who who you are as a man, you struggle in some capacity. I mean, others might be more than others, but, um, you know, it is. And it's one of those things that you don't talk about with as far as like surface friends or <laughs> somebody that the acquaintance, you know, acquaintances or even your wife's, you know, friend's husband or, you know, you're just not you're not having that level of conversation um, because it is raw. It is vulnerable. You, you know, you, you want to pretend that it's something that um, that only you deal with. But in reality, we all do. And so I love that that was part of this process that you guys were willing to share that and, and discuss that. Uh, so let's move on to relational. Let's move on to the girl um, perspective. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you guys checked in on with, with that and some of the things that you learned around that uh, aspect of life. Yeah, uh, um, trying to th- fold back to the beginning part, but we were all, all newly married into the space. Um, and so we we're all kind of trying students, full-time students. Uh, often our spouses were the ones working to kind of help put us through school um we also uh all moved uh married up into new jersey and i'm a boy from the south and so to convince my wife to move to new jersey was it took a lot of good patience and grace by her uh and, and so the girl girl one was just really watching for relationship i mean again moving beyond just the wife dm into this uh into the 2.0s as well um that watching how we uh, lead in those areas and don't just sort of passively disengage and check out. I was reading a book once, great title, really awkward to be reading it in uh, uh, Caribou. It was called um, Passive Men, Wild Women. Uh, it was written back in the 1970s. And this guy, he had just had a beautiful description. He goes, it's amazing how many men 
just when they get home, they retreat to their recliners uh, with a highball in one hand and the newspaper mm. in another. And it was written 50 years ago, and those images uh, could be updated a little bit, but the intent of what he was driving at was there of how much we can just totally uh, kind of disengage and retreat into that. And so the the girl part to it is just as well, what are, you, what are we doing to tend to our marriage, to our relationship um, in, in intentional sort of ways that uh, too often, I think couples kind of get into this mindset that uh, love should come easy. It should be natural and that, but it's like anything in life uh, that's worth anything to us is something we've had to work at. And so what are the intentional practices we're putting into our marriages and, and mm-hmm. to that? And so we kind of challenge that uh, with these guys uh, of, of that. And when there's brokenness, how do you go and uh, confess and, and seek uh, um, kind of reconciliation with the, the wife into it? Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, you're, you're referring to a lot of the wife relationship. You mentioned having kids and, and, and expanding that relationship, but I, I noticed, um, you know, I had a chance to read some of your blogs and, and you brought up a, min, a minute ago, the, 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 the idea of the highball and, and, and the guy that comes home and just is disconnected from it. And you had written in the past about different identities of men, uh, one being the little boy, the nice guy, the tactician, the jester, and, and the a-hole, if you will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, obviously you've identified those. Um, do you want to kind of expand a little bit about some of the differences between what you've seen, the type of men, just so that we can maybe you sure, know, sure. identify as, as listeners if we're scarily getting where we are in those areas? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, th- this is a, kind of an image and idea I'm currently still kind of playing out a little bit but I kind of call them the masks uh, we wear as men. And okay. one of one of those is the little boy mask that we kind of, um, kind of that Disney dad a little bit attitude that life is just fun. And and, um, and again, when we're ever called to something, uh, a, a little boy kind of doesn't want to take that responsibility. And, and they're, so they're always out kind of wanting to play um, in, in that sort of space. Uh, the tactician is kind of the um, the guy who who lacks sort of the emotion, um, and that uh, my wife is a counselor, and, and she says it well that um, often conflict is around facts versus feelings, and, and the challenge is feelings always win out, but the tactician is always kind of driving towards the facts and wants to leave feelings at the door. And and so in a marriage, in a relationship with your kids, um, feelings are are the core things that matter. And and so again, that tactician is going to kind of default to only only the facts sort of piece. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, kind of stunt that emotional connection. Um, The jester, the image of the jester, not dread, not the official F3, form of the jester, but uh, the way I see the jester is more the, the comedic man, the, the guy who the life is, is always the life of the party um, and sort of just uh, always makes life into a joke. And then, I mean, you look at the great comedians, Chris Farley, Robin Williams, all of those guys had deep, deep pain uh, that they could just never, never really 
feel comfortable kind of addressing because it just had to stay at this kind of surface area. Mm. Uh, and then, yeah, the best term uh, out there um, based on a book called Assholes, a Theory, uh, and it's written by a Stanford phil- philosophy professor. So it immediately makes that pro- uh, term sound a lot more academic, but he just has this great concept of um, what do we mean when we call somebody an asshole? And he goes, 90% of the time, you're talking about a guy. Uh, and it's a guy who feels entitled, um, who has no kind of perspective outside of himself. It's the guy who cuts you off in traffic. That's when you burst out and call somebody uh, that A word. Um, and so, uh, sort of, again, that sort of um, uh, hyper-masculine sort of uh, way they carry, carry themselves over to it. And the challenge for those guys is um, their sense of entitlement, again, oftentimes is a facade. That's why all these are masks, is because mm-hmm. they're, they're a facade we use to kind of carry over ourselves. And so the holistic, using the four Gs in a, to well, me as well. Hey, what, one more if I stop. Um, I don't remember you talking about the nice guy. And that was just because when I was ah. reading... That was the one that almost resonated with me personally the most. Uh, so uh, the that, yeah, the <laughs> nice guy. And because the nice guy actually hits, hits it home for me as well. Because uh, us pastors, we can really play the nice guy. Sort of, we want to keep the peace. We want to um, just, uh, yeah, we, we want to make sure everybody's happy and they, they like us. Um, my The great quote of my mother uh, growing up was she looked at me once and she goes, you know what your problem is, Wes? you think that everybody likes you. And I was like, wait a second. What do you mean by that? They don't. And, and sort of that nice guy mentality that uh, has to go along with everybody. Oftentimes um, we can uh, compromise our, our core values or, or what's essential um, to who we are and that as well. Yeah. It's like that, the avoidance of conflict perspective that, uh, really kind of hit home uh, is when I was kind of reading some of that explanation. I was like, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I, I find myself falling default into that. And not that, that you know, we should all seek conflict, but uh, you had, you know, put on your blog, some information on there. And uh, you know, you, you mentioned that there's a time and place for, you know, being the nice guy and having peace, but then there's a time and place to stand up and there's a time and place to, to fight for what needs to be, you know, said, and sometimes we allow that passivity to allow things in our lives that we shouldn't, because we're not willing to stand up and ruffle feathers. Right, right. No, I mean, and again, speaking as a pastor, I can see a lot of pastoral mindset uh, falls into that, that we want to keep the harmony. And I had a coach who once said it well, of the the problem with that is, uh, if you want to maintain the the relationship over the mission. And so mm. if there, and, and there are times and there are places where um, the mission critical, those mission critical moments where you've got to uh, kind of forego the relationship to hold on to that mission. But it is, it's yeah. finding that sort of um, kind of sweet spot uh, of making sure you're using it well. Cause again, the contrast to the nice guy is the asshole. And, yeah. and so the, the fear of the nice guy is they're gonna be an asshole the fear of the asshole is that people are going to uh, walk all over them sort of piece. And so we oftentimes live out of our fear so much of those extremes um, that we, we trap ourselves into these personalities. 
Got it. Well, it makes perfect sense. I, as I said, I thought uh, that was uh, well done and, and the imagery is, is really good. And I can certainly see, you know, putting on a mask of, of all of them at some point uh, in life. Yeah. Obviously, we, we, we maybe um, migrate to one over the others for whatever reason from a default standpoint. But uh, if we're really being honest, we probably find ourselves in, in many of those uh, uh, multiple times. So going back to the, the four G's we've covered the girl, the, the grind, the, the guts, um, talk, let's talk about the spiritual perspective of the God component yeah, you're, of the four G's. You're a smart man to leave that one at the end for me. So it, <laughs> it, it forces me to truncate this a little bit, uh, onto it. But I, I think, um, just this, yeah, the, the God elements of spiritual, uh, level and what's that relationship look look like for us um, as God uh, kind of weaves himself through all of these other pieces to it. And so uh, not only spiritual practices um, uh, of kind of what, what are you doing to build a relationship with God, uh, just as you got to build a relationship with your spouse and your kids and put work into it, just as you got to uh, put effort into the grind and, and watch what you're consuming in the guts. Um, that this one also takes intentional efforts and, and times. Uh, one of my big, big things I shared waypoint at the church um, is I learned that there's uh, a theologian smarter than me had kind of once studied what's the number one thing you can do to grow your spiritual faith um, and all these different elements of what churches offer and all these kind of stuff out there. And he discovered that the number one way to grow your faith is to spend 15 minutes a day reading uh, scripture, reading the Bible. And uh, so the deal I make with Waypoint is uh, if 15 minutes a day, six, seven days a week, gets you about an hour and a half, almost two hours. Um, and that's probably about your travel time to come to worship, sitting through worship and then heading home. And so I would be much, I, and I mean this seriously to them, I'm much more interest in them spending the 15 minutes on their own reading scripture uh, to just build that habit. And, and as we build that relationship, because what I have seen, as you build that relationship, what you're going to naturally want to do is you're going to need to go find two or three guys to sit down and say, hey, what, what in the world does this actually mean? And, and try to unpack how it applies to your life, which then naturally is going to cause you to want to get up and go do something. Uh, as we talk about in the third half, it becomes a dynamite that, that uh, kind of causes us to get up and to go out. Um, and then finally, then showing up to church on Sunday kind of becomes our natural response to these practices and these behaviors. Um, and so, again, watching watching this God element to it of what are we doing as spiritual beings to um, kind of reconnect to this uh, creator of ours. Yeah, I mean it's a it, it's a super important part of health. Um, when we when I think of wellness, when I think of health, um, certainly the spiritual aspect is part of that definition for me. Um, you know, I, I find that, and just you know, with with F three lingo of the living third and something bigger than yourself. I mean, really, it 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 helps you or it prevents you from being you know, the a-hole guy wearing the mask, because you, you recognize that the, the, the center of the universe isn't you. It's is that it, yeah. classic, uh, I love that line in Rudy, 
you know, when he's asking the priest, he's like, you know, is there a God? He's like, or, or he was asking about God. And he's like, I know two things. One, there is a God and two, it's not me, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know that, yeah, that, uh, that, it's, that right there. That's the basis <laughs> of it. I mean, that's what I, uh, um, kind of for me, uh, just working and being around guys who are going through the 12 steps of AA and just the first one, uh, is to acknowledge you're helpless. Uh, the second one is to recognize there's a power greater than yourself. And the third one is to surrender. And right there, uh, you, you see the spiritual, to me, are the deeply powerful spiritual ones. Uh, we talk about, again, at Waypoint that uh, the first kind of guardrail, our first core belief is that it's God who is in charge, not me. Mm-hmm. And um, once you really start chewing on what that means, it really reshapes every kind of component of, of our lives um that way so uh yeah it, that that's uh empowering too because um you know a lot of times we try to figure it out on our own um we try to find the why behind everything uh, we try to determine you know is it what am i doing wrong or how am i uh falling short of these goals that i want to achieve or all these other things that we put a lot of pressure on our own power and might and will. And it's nice to know that um, ultimately um, God is the one that's really driving that. And, and it is a matter about having this relationship. And I'm currently going through some uh, uh, devotion type of uh, group with a group of guys and uh, we're learning, you know, the art of abiding and just kind of, really reiterating that the reality that if I want to be fruitful, if I want to be a branch that's fruitful, I got to be connected to the vine that, that, that I'm getting all of that power from. And so it's just a new perspective for me, instead of me trying to go out there and produce fruit to quote unquote, give to God, it's no, God's going to produce fruit in me by being connected to the vine. So I just, I, I see the, the health benefit and the holistic approach of, of that spiritual walk um, in my own life. Yeah. And again, uh, to me, all of these things, uh, kind of overlap with each other. Cause I'll talk about, um, there's two types of spiritual disciplines we can put into our lives, the doing ones. Okay. So I already talked about reading the Bible, the praying, the giving, these sort of action oriented ones. And recently I've really started to dive into, uh, the non-doing forms of spiritual disciplines. It's, it's times of solitude, it's times of silence, it's times of fasting, um, as you described, of abiding sort of thing. Uh, and so I hit my uh, 40th birthday two years ago and came up with a, a personal CSUP. Um, it was called it 40 at 40, where the goal was I wanted to run a 40 minute 10K and then run a 40 mile ultra race uh, in the same year. And so it was, I did this not as a physical challenge, but also from a spiritual mindset of shifting. Cause I talk about uh, that kind of first half of our lives, the, the under 40 year old man uh, is all about attaining and achieving a goal. And so for me, it was said, it was about hitting a certain time. I want to hit this 40 minute 10K and it was all kind of goal oriented. Uh, then the second one, the 40 mile ultra race was not about attaining. It was about attuning myself uh, to the environment, being out on the trail. Uh, ironically, not coincidentally, uh, my watch died at about mile 32. 
And so all my split times and all my Strava kudos and all that uh, were thrown out the window and rightfully so to remind myself that this, this side of the equation was to be about attuning myself, uh, being more aware. And so I've used that metaphor of moving from attain to attune uh, as well as a spiritual practice. That's so much, and it's, again, us F3 guys, we can be so driven by the attain, achieve, accomplish sort of goal sorted side of it that we fail to these sort of attune, um, being aware of God, being aware of this kind of bigger stuff going on around us and appreciating it um, in a new way. Yeah, I mean, I love that that you brought up that aspect of just the quiet and the quiet mm -hmm. time and, and, and the restfulness. And I've shared, you know, health tips around the importance of quiet time, just, you know, physiologically speaking, but certainly spiritually as well. And that's the toughest thing uh, most of us face. I mean, it, 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 when it comes to things that we should be doing for just our overall well-being, it's tough for most of us just to get still and, and be quiet. Yeah. And, and cause we we're we're this productive mindset on a constant basis. It's like, well, I got, I got to do this. I got to do that. And I got to do this. And we somehow just forget the importance and the power that comes with quiet and stillness. And to your point, just being out in the wilderness without any expectation or, or, or the, kudos. I love that you use that because, you know, that's exactly, you know, what's in the back of our mind half the time. It's like, oh, yeah. someone's going to see this on Strava when I'm done. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to get you know, accolades or some other kind of conversation around it. But when you don't have that metric to look at or compare, you just can dial it back and, and just appreciate uh, the action for what it is. No, that, that's exactly right. Um, I think it's a book called Peak Performance by Magnus that you might have touched on this from uh, the health and wellness mindset. But again, I, I see so much of the F3 health and wellness stuff fusing itself spiritually. But he's got a great formula in that book called stress plus rest equals growth. And I would again, I was of the mindset of just always stress my body, always push my body sort of piece and, and fail to rest. Um, and so it got to the point in my uh, running journal, I, I tell folks that uh, I no longer on days off, I no longer write off, um, but I write rest because mm -hmm. to me, that's still that's actually the hardest workout of the week for me is the rest workout. Um, but I know I got to stress my body, but I also need to rest. And that's where kind of growth comes out. Spiritually speaking, uh, we talk uh, about Sabbath rest, about abiding, about this silence, this solitude, um, that, that if we're not carving out those spaces in our lives, then we're going to stress ourselves. And stress uh, leads, I mean, that's where stress fractures come from, is just mm -hmm. overtaxing the body uh, and not allowing itself to rest and regroup. Yeah, that's a good visual, the stress fracture. I mean, because we can see that physically, but if you, you put it into the uh, spiritual realm of things too, just, I mean, our life can get stress fractured if we're not allowing the rest and restoration and, and tapping into that third F. So uh, I think that's a great analogy. And, yeah, go ahead. Well, as remind, so it reminded me of a story with these pastor friends that, uh, I mean, we're in such a heightened mode of stress right now 
just this two years of just constant anxiety we've been in. So one of the pastor friends kind of raises his hands up and says he's struggling. And so all of us immediately, we get together, go up to the mountains of North Carolina to do the four G's and check in. And we go out to a restaurant in downtown, uh, downtown Banner Elk. And it's just a packed restaurant. Everybody's trying to figure out masks and what all the rules are. And, uh, the waitress walks up to us. She messes up my order. I, kind of all this sort of stuff. And then she comes back a few minutes later and all of a sudden she just breaks down in tears in front of us. And she's not realizing she's serving a table full of pastors. So immediately everybody's like, Oh, how are you doing? What's going on? And what's, uh, and she goes, it's just so stressful right now. Uh, I mean, I had a guy who threw a order of pickles at me tonight. And my friend who is my friend who was kind of stressed out and, and struggling through work stuff. It just kind of caught us all. If, if like guys are out there throwing fried pickles at a waitress, like we're all just overtapped in this stress side to it. Mm-hmm. And, and so I really think in that equation, stress plus rest equals growth, um, tapping into these kind of rest mindsets uh, for us in wellness and wellness and uh, in all four kind of areas uh, of the G's w- would be beneficial. Yeah. Well, man, I, I really appreciate your willingness to kind of explain these G's. I mean, to, we've mentioned it already, but, uh, it just goes hand in hand with, uh, what I feel like a lot of the men in F3, uh, you know, need and, and are doing in some capacity, one way, shape or form, you know, whether it's shield lock or whetstone or even getting in a COT and, and having that opportunity to, to do some hard things with other men, but at the same time, allowing each other to share and be vulnerable and, and it's so important in our lives and, and, and really, I believe is the glue that keeps men coming back to F3. I mean, we, we, we talk about it all the time. The, the, the allure of just going out and exercising might initially get them there, but at some point to keep them there, it, it's really these other things that, that they're holding them together. So I, I do appreciate it. So I got a couple final questions for you as we get, as we wrap up. And, and the first one is this, um, you've already shared tons of tips, but, uh, if you can think of maybe just three tips to, to boil it down for a, for a man to get started on their hunt for wellness, what would that be? Yeah, no, thinking through really practically kind of three tips. Um, I think the first tip I've got is, is don't just focus on the guts and the grind, um, but, but consider also the spiritual relational components of your life. Uh, scripture wise, I'm drawn to um, where, where Christ challenges us and says, what is it? Uh, profit a man uh, to gain the whole world, but forfeit his soul. And so we just really encourage a guy to kind of lean into what does it look like uh, to just start asking spiritual questions, um, not having to have the spiritual answers, but just asking those questions. And then who are, who are some men uh, around you that, that you could kind of trust in that. Um, so that was one, one kind of tip, uh, I think, in the same lines of kind of what we've been talking about. Second one is is to really ground ground ourselves in spiritual practices, creating spiritual workouts, um, and again maybe use that stress plus rest metaphor of not only the stress side of reading scripture, praying, uh, participating in a faith community, but the rest side as well uh, of intentional silence, intentional solitude, uh, fasting. Uh, again, these other practices where you can just take a breath and just pause for a moment. And then probably the third one was just encourage uh, guys that kind of mindset mindset shift 
I was I went through with that forty at forty side as well uh, of how how can we move away from just this driven attainment uh, to a, an attuning mindset. Um, and so it's just even little ways of I, I get out now on runs without a, a watch on. Um, I kind of call them all runs. We're just kind of trying to take in what the scenery is like around us. And, and so, again, just being aware of the bigger picture than seeing stuck in our heads, listening to our uh, music and watching our kind of split times. Yeah. Well, great, great tips and, and advice. And just to piggyback on that last one, um, you know, some of the most rewarding runs I've ever had is forgetting to turn on my watch or Strava or whatever, just because that expectation on the back end of things is just gone and you can just enjoy it for what it is. And, and so I, I definitely resonate with that. I do have one final question for you, but before we get to it, man, I just want to, again, take a few seconds here and just acknowledge you and say thank you for um, coming today and, and, and sharing your knowledge. Uh, thank you also for serving the men uh, in the Charlotte region uh, of F3 and, and your congregation with, I know, um, your shepherding and, and the things that you bring to the table there. So uh, I really appreciate you for, for all of that. Um, if a PAX member or someone wants to kind of follow up with you or learn more about your writings or whatever, what are some ways that they could connect with you? Yeah. Uh, Twitter. Twitter is the best place to probably track me down. It's W-B-B-A-R-R-Y. Uh, the avatar is a great ugly picture of me with mutton chops from 15 years ago. Um, yes, that is me. Uh, and then probably, I mean, you could check out my website, wbberry.com, um, and also Waypoint Community Church will link you to uh, some emails and ways to track me down. But I love talking about this stuff um, and would love to just uh, link up with guys to kind of, yeah, get into the nitty gritty of what, what this kind of wellness, uh, wholeness kind of looks like. Awesome. Well, appreciate that, man. So my last question for you, Agony, is this. Uh, what is your definition of wellness? Yeah, for me, wellness is um, is a wholeness. Uh, that um, in Scripture, again, going back to Scripture, Jesus asked a man who's been sitting by a pool his whole life of, do you want to be made well? And, and sort of what he's getting at there is, do you want to be made whole? The image of healing in Scripture is um, is that sort of oneness. And so wellness back to those four G's is just an integrating of all four of those areas of our lives into one thing. And a well man is a man who has all four of those things interconnected. Perfect, man. Appreciate it. Thanks cool. again. Thanks for listening to the hunt for wellness podcast. Please rate and review our show and be sure to share it with your F3 brothers. As always, we are looking for inspiring stories to share and health experts to interview. So if that's you, please reach out to me at bones at huntforwellness.com, on the nation Slack at Bones, or Twitter at HFW Podcast. And until next time, this has been Bones guiding the packs of F3 Nation on their hunt for wellness. <laughs>